we send out a report to all of our executives and our teams saying, hey, here's what I did last week, here's what I'm going to be up to next week. With that, I'm able to not only get them aligned as to what I'm doing, but I can set up those touch points and interface points so that we're ready to get into the week together as a team as opposed to just with me. Welcome to another CI for Life podcast. This is episode 34. Today's topic is about maintaining or even gaining an edge during our current coronavirus crisis. Specifically, you can expect from RLGers who have worked remotely around the world, what they do to stay connected and highly productive while working remotely. Because most of us have been doing this for over 20 years and myself 27 years, we feel like we can bring some insights to folks around the world that have just started working remotely. But first, a couple of business items before we jump into the topic of hand. Thank you so much for your comments and likes. I've been meaning to mention this on previous podcasts. I really appreciate it. It gives me confidence and motivation to continue to come up with high quality podcasts. Let me read just one of the excellent comments I've been getting and thank Doug for this. It reads, I came across your podcast while looking for motivation to get back on track with a personal goal. I hadn't realized you've been working on these type of motivational messages. A disclaimer, I am a pro- I'm a proudly an RLGer and personally, I found the podcast in particular to be very relevant to my life and career on many levels. For the listeners out there who may not know it, Rick is the real deal. Thanks, Dougie. He is passionate and works hard to deliver quality at the next level. He is actually someone who practices the ideas that he presents. Knowing this made me think of the level of effort I put into those things that I am passionate about. I sat for a long while after listening to introspectively view myself, considering the content of the podcast and knowing Rick and all he's accomplished in building our company. Thanks for being a great leader and example that you are. Your efforts serve to make the whole world a better place, and I appreciate it. Hey, Doug, really appreciate that comment. So keep your comments and likes coming. As you know, to a podcaster, podcaster, that is life. So back to the topic of hand. Oh, no, sorry, second order of business that I wanted to mention. Adrian Gostick on our last podcast around culture talked about the importance of purpose to get back during a crisis, to get back to purpose, both company and personally. And I fully agree and wanted to reinforce and underline that point. And on podcast or episodes number one and two of this podcast, we spent most of the time talking about purpose and mission statements and how to go back to or how to develop them. And I encourage you to go back to episode one and two about purpose and mission statements. And please go on to ciforlife.org. That's www.ciforlife, the number four in the middle, ciforlife.org. And subscribe. You'll open the page in about uh, two-thirds of the way down. If you subscribe, give me your email. I will send you free of charge a PDF on how to develop a mission statement. It's a step-by-step what questions to ask, how to process it, to develop your own purpose and mission statement because during a crisis is a perfect time to develop that. And if you remember from episode one and two, that's exactly during a little mini crisis during MBA school, that's what I did is develop my purpose statement around continuous improvement. That's how I found RLG in my career and my life's goals. So anyhow, back to the uh, podcast today. This is a special podcast to address what individuals and companies can do to address working remotely. Product, we're going to talk about productivity keys for working remotely, connectivity keys for working remotely, and thirdly, we're going to talk about how to coach uh, performance, either as a supervisor or as a coach remotely. So on the topic of hand, there's a couple of thoughts to get us going. 
Number one, productivity is never an accident. It's the result of focused effort and commitment. And think about this as we, uh, all the turmoil in our life today and, uh, and the chance to work remotely. You have a nice home, the office is close by, and the commute is good. And you are at the boss at this effort. What could be better? Before we discuss how to become uh, effective working remotely, let's look at the challenges or differences from working in an office to working remotely. We see three main challenges. One, there's less communication and for sure less informal communication. Most of the clients or, or um, companies these days have gone to open office space where there's lots of informal com communication, people sitting by, it just naturally happens. So there's less of that potentially. Number two, biggest challenge or difference is less collaboration. That is a big cost to companies. So we need to have strategies on how to collaborate better, problem solve better now that we're working remotely. And number three, there's more or maybe different distractions. So in this podcast, we're going to come up with th uh, ideas, tools and tips to overcome those three differences or challenges around communication, collaboration and distractions. And my first one is very simple. It's have a productivity zone. Or if we say at home, as I've been doing this the last 27 years, a P zone. One of the keys I have found to staying productive while working remotely is have an office that is only for work. Um, not dedicated to anything else, not to leisure, reading, communication. In fact, my family uh, took a while when they were young as kids, little children, to train them. But um, if uh, they used to come in, uh, I would walk them out and have the conversation rather than ruin the P-zone. Your brain needs a place where this is for productivity, this is for accomplishment, this is for getting your deliverables done for the day and developing a special place. Now, I will make a comment for those that are working remotely. What if you don't have an office where you can close the door? Well, make a desk in your apartment studio on the side that's just for this. It's not for playing games. It's not for watching TV. It's just for productivity. And that chair and that desk and that commuter, uh, computer monitor is just for productivity. Think about that, um, how to be super um, productive in this new world environment. First tip is have a special place that is for productivity and nothing else. Anyhow, that's uh, one of the few ideas you're going to hear today on our podcast. And in a moment, I'm going to uh, invite a few RLGers to join me and share their insights after 20 years of working remotely on how we can uh, tackle these problems and challenges. Okay, as promised, a few of my RLG colleagues have joined me today to talk about this topic of productivity and connectivity during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, let me introduce Rob Gilbronson, a Vice President and Business Unit Leader, who you may re recall from episode 26 on innovation and optimization, as well Vice President Business Unit Leader Roger Lang, who told us about monthly business reviews in episode 20. And then uh, first-timers on our podcast, Vice President of Capability and Development, John Schufeld, and from our global office supporting business development, Laura Mickel. Good morning to you all. Where are you calling from? Rob, let's start with you on the roll call. Good morning, Rick. Um, thanks for having me on. Uh, I am calling in from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Beautiful. Okay, let's go to John. Hey there, Rick. It's John. Yeah, I'm in Vancouver, Canada this morning. Oh, welcome to the podcast, John. Great to have you on. I've been meaning to have you on on various topics. Glad you're here. And Laura. Hi, Rick. I'm calling also from Vancouver in my new home office. Oh, awesome. Uh, working remotely for the first time. Thanks for joining us. 
So, um, Roger, are you back on? Thanks, Rick. I'm here in my office just outside of Calgary. All right. We have North America surrounded, and many of us have, many of us have worked around the world as well, so we will be bringing that perspective as well. So I brought you all together today to discuss what steps we can do, each one of us, to maintain some sense of normalcy and productivity through this current situation. Most of us have been working remotely for the past 20-plus years, and our head office has always been in Vancouver, Canada, although most of us live, as you can hear, elsewhere around the world. So I brought together folks from our uh, Vancouver office and those of us that have worked remotely to talk about how we can fast start this topic of now that the, most people around the world are working remotely, how do we re remain productive and what are the keys to connectivity? And if we have time at the end, I'd also like to have, you know, how do you have a good performance coaching conversation or supervisor coaching conversation at the end and try to add a little value and bring a few tips to folks. So, Rob, why don't we start with you? What are your keys to remaining productive while working remotely? Well, for me, Rick, it's uh, you got to try to maintain uh, as much of a normal routine as you would as if you were going out to work. So, for example, if you normally get up uh, at 6.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock, continue to do that. And if you normally do a workout, uh, find a way to do that. Uh, I, I know probably a number of people think, oh, if I work at home, I sit around in my pajamas all day and you know just work at my computer. Don't do that. Um, you know, get up, shower, shave, all your normal routine, have breakfast at the time you normally would, and your body needs to feel like you're going to work, uh, is what I've found. And so continue to do those things and tell your body it's now time to work. Great tips. That's right on. Okay, your second tip? Uh, my second one, Rick, would be just, uh, you know, I think it's it, it, whether you're working remotely or in the office um, would be, you know, have a plan for the week and a plan for the day. Um, you know, what are you going to accomplish this week? So, you know, answering the question, how do I know I've had a good day? So I, I really take some time up front uh, and make sure I have a plan for the week, either at the beginning of the week I do it or at the end of the previous week I do it. So that I feel like, okay, here's here's my goals. Here's what I want to accomplish uh, this week. Oh, that that's great advice. I know it's tempting to for the pajama uh, case uh, first thing in the morning when you're new at this. But Rob, you're, I really appreciate your advice. The normal routine, do your fast start habits in the morning so you can get off to a great start. Okay, Raj, I think you're also a big plan for the day guy. What are your tips for productivity? Yeah, mine's like Rob. At the end of each day, I want to have a plan for tomorrow. I find it helps to ensure that I know what I want to do, who I want to contact, their names, their numbers, the files, an outline of what I want to talk about, the outcomes that I want to achieve. By doing that at the end of each day, I can get to my desk at whatever time I arrive in the morning, and I can have a jump start. I move right into my day. That sounds very intentional. And do you, Is this all written for you, Roger, in your head? How, how do you work that? No. No, I write in my little, uh, my little notebook. I have pages and pages for each day yep. and all that information that I just mentioned is right in there and I can go back to it if I need it or scratch things out as I accomplish them. I love the intention, the outcomes you want from the conversations, whether it be just a check-in or an actual deliverable. Thank you, Raj. We'll hear more from you. Uh, John, in the capability and development, and I know you've been traveling and self-quarantined and, and uh, back home now, so uh, tell us about your tips for productivity. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Rick. You know, like many of us, our company is a, a company of travelers. And so when I left last week to go to Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, it was somewhat of a normal week. 
by the time I got home at the end of the week, I was looking at people funny in the airport on an airplane that's half empty. And now I'm back in my slippers and self-quarantine back here in Vancouver. Um, what, how I'll answer your questions are this, is I'll build on the two topics already about plan. Okay. And I'll say that the plan for the week and the plan for the day comes together like this, is that we send out a report to all of our executives and our teams saying, hey, here's what I did last week. Here's what I'm going to be up to next week. With that, I'm able to not only get them aligned as to what I'm doing, but I can set up those touch points and interface points so that we're ready to get into the week together as a team as opposed to just with me. Now, that coordinates all of us. The second thing that uh, has proven to be really important, especially while we're working at home and I'm at house, I think that I'm like a lot of people that I've got kids at home. I have my wife. We have visitors to the house, although <laughs> less lately yep. uh, with those. Um, so we, my wife and I, we check in in the morning to you know, go through our calendars and, and say, hey, this is what's going on today. So just as an example, we're recording a podcast from home. And so my wife and our little kids, they left the house about 20 minutes ago, and they're not planning to be back until after I'm done this. So by coordinating, I can not only have clear and quiet time when I need it, but also we can coordinate breaks and lunches and this. So I feel and take advantage of this time while I'm at home in purposeful interface and tension with my family. Well, that was great advice, John. Thank you for tying in how to, because I know there's a lot of people working remote for the first time with a young family at home. Thanks for tying in that one as well. Okay, so from our global support uh, perspective, Lara, hello. Uh, tell us more about what you're doing to maintain productivity. Uh, hi, Rick. I'm happy to do so. Um, well, first of all, I took a look at my, my space, and I wanted to prepare my space. I thought I'd make it as comfortable and as organized as I could, um, make sure I have a good chair, working surface, good lighting, proper place for all my files, my gadgets, because I don't know how long this will be my new office. Right. Uh, I didn't want it to encroach, have it encroach on my living space and try to make it as separate as I can. Yeah, that's really good. I know a lot of people. That's important. I remember Taylor, our friend Taylor Davis up at BP Alaska, the first thing he had to do when arriving on a client site is get his office organized so his mind's organized so he can be productive. So that's really good. Okay, Laura, I also want to ask you from a global support perspective, you get a lot of requests from executives and managers for things to be done. And what can we do or EAs or support staff around the world do to help you be more productive? Um, well, for me, he uh, is to prioritize and to clearly communicate what 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 is needed and when it's needed. Yeah, isn't that the truth? And and that's can be overstated sometimes. But and and then you to have the courage and clarity to make sure that we're prioritizing our requests really helps you. Okay, let's go on to the second question that we had. And now that we're less connected, and uh, what can we do to stay connected while working remotely? because we all know the importance of connectivity. So, Rob, let's start again with you. What are your keys? Well, Rick, it, you know, this may be uh, obvious, but as part of my weekly plan, I include, I think much as Roger has done, is who I want to talk to and and what I want to talk to them about and, and prioritize those, uh, you know, those clients, those uh, um, colleagues that I want to talk to during the week and make sure that I, I, I find a time to connect with them. I'll usually send them an email ahead of time and say, hey, can we connect this week? How about this time? And so, you know, those people that you would normally talk to when you're at work, you know, maybe in the lunchroom or around yeah. the water cooler, how do you still connect with them? And, and, and so you've got to be very purposeful about it, and that's what I've tried to do. 
Purposeful. Very good. Okay, Raj, how about some recent examples from you on how you're trying to keep connected to your team? Yeah, so a couple of things. I find in in this age of distraction and this moment of distraction, it's important to, to start with the personal, to find out how people are doing in their uncertainty and the strangeness of their new location and deal with the person before I get on with the problem or the process and the issues I need to confront. And I find that that helps if people know that they're heard and seen even when they're away. And then when we do get to the issue at hand, I'm finding to chop that uh, those segments into smaller bite-sized pieces. Don't try and have a four-hour meeting on here, maybe 59 minutes or no more than an hour where you talk about a specific discrete piece of work. You can come back to it a little bit later, but I find that the smaller chunks are more productive in the end. Oh, those are really good advice. Smaller chunks, make sure you check in how they're personally doing during this moment of distraction. Okay, John, uh, from your angle, keys to connectivity. Yeah, sure. So first let me acknowledge Roger's point here. Uh, you know, in the la middle of last week, Roger did call me. It was Wednesday. It's super busy. A lot's going on, like in every organization these days. And I got a call from Roger that was, hey, John, I'm, I'm just checking in on you. How are you doing? And I got to admit that that really felt good. So mm. thanks, Roger, for bringing that up. Um, now to your question, Rick, I'm going to mention technology solutions for us. Um, I'm one of the people that are in the center, and so I'm working on all the time with the technologies. So uh, for listeners, I guess this will really resonate if you're a tech person. Um, at RLG, we've adopted Microsoft Office 365 over the last couple or three years, uh, which means that every employee has access to uh, four things at least. And so the first one is like many places, we have a SharePoint intranet, which means a lot less is stored on personal computers these days, and fewer files or emails, and instead we're uploading documents to what we call RLG Hub, which is our internet, or intranet, and we send out, send out links to those files and sites. So this helps not bogging down the email system, and it's a lot more efficient. Uh, the second one is that we take advantage of Excel and Word and PowerPoint online. And that allows simultaneous collaboration. It's kind of like Google Docs has been. I've never been a Google Docs uh, fan and user, unlike so many out there. Uh, I like working with the Microsoft Office suite. And in fact, right now, the, you know, the document we're working from to plan the podcast, I can see that three of us are in there just right now. So it, it allows that. I prefer to work with the Microsoft Office uh, in all those documents. And I think that that's really helped us in collaboration and working from one. Version control is all worked out. The next one is around Skype for Business. Uh, we use Skype for Business. Others are using Zoom and others, but it allows for video and conference calls, chat, document sharing, visual, uh, all these things, as, as users know. Uh, where we've taken it further is we've interfaced it with our uh, third-party conferencing system. So we can have call-ins from mobile phones, call-ins from landlines, uh, as well as Skype. Uh, it just allows a lot better. And like we're finding this time, while more people are at home, just the phone lines and the internet is just full. So many yeah. people are using it, and so this allows us a lot better connectivity uh, with higher quality. Um, the fourth one is back to Roger's point uh, about people and keeping people socially and, and feeling connected, is we're using Yammer, which is also in the Microsoft suite. Now, Yammer, this one's been more difficult. Uh, there's the generation of people that don't see the point, but that said, is I feel that this is this is something that can really provide a social aspect to the business. And so we've been pushing, pushing hard in Yammer to build a following. And we're out there every day with conversations, whether it's training and development or product development or client solutions and leveraging what one team and one client's using in one place and sharing that idea across. So it, it really brings, 
brings a big world to be feel much, much smaller. Great points. Glad you tied in all the technology options today. Laura, you had a couple examples on connectivity. Please share. I did. Um, well, first of all, it's a borrowed idea from a friend's company, but I thought it was a good one. They've introduced a uh, virtual happy hour on Fridays. So at the appointed hour, their staff all grab their beverage of choice and they call into their video conferencing system and just talk with one another. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a happy hour. It could be anything, maybe a mid-morning coffee break. Great idea. And then uh, another idea um, was something I did just recently with a coworker, uh, arranged to have a just a call in at an appointed time and just have a coffee and, and a quick chat instead of the usual banter that we do um, when we're getting our coffee from the kitchen. So it's just a chance to have a brief chat and touch base and share a laugh or two. Yeah, very good. Virtual happy hour. I love it. I'll bet you that idea is catching on. So last bonus question I wanted to have a discussion around for us. We are in the coaching business. We're in the performance business. And I'm sure a lot of supervisors are trying to figure out how do I have good coaching or performance discussions with individuals on their team in this new environment so i wanted to ask you for any advice you guys had on how to have you know non-face-to-face -face connections that might be still powerful and be able to move their employees or people they're coaching to a better and new place and i'll offer an example that uh, i've used over the years i i one of my coaches and you guys have used him as well is a gentleman named david webster from the center for teams and I used them on uh, every six-week coaching calls for years. And I found that, uh, and it was over the phone, it wasn't even video, and that David was an incredible uh, coach for me. And that was just over the phone line. There was no fantastic technology, but David constantly moved me to a new place in those coaching conversations. One of the things that I wanted to just highlight about David is, is why he was so good. And I think this is for coaching for supervisors now that might be listening. He was an incredible listener. He didn't feel like he needed to add to my stories. He was always calm. And we always ended with clear actions for me. In fact, a quick funny story. My wife used to ask me sometimes as I'd come out of the office into the kitchen after I got off a phone call with David. And he said, she would say, who's that? And I'd say, oh, that's David Webster, my coach. She said, oh man, his voice was so relaxing. Can I get some phone co coaching from him? So he was a terrific phone coach, and, uh, and I'm sure people are trying to figure out how to do that. Um, let me open it up to the team here. What advice do you have on how to have powerful phone or phone or otherwise performance conversations or coaching conversations? Well, Rick, maybe I can start. It's Rob. Okay. Thanks, Robbie. Um, I, I think it's just around being purposeful um, w with your conversations. Um, you know, the, to set up a, a time just like you would uh, if you were on, on a client site, you would set up a time, hey, I'm going to come to your office at 10 a.m. to have a, you know, and we're going to talk about this. And so do that same thing. You just have to do it virtually. And so it, it's, all, it's around our earlier discussion around planning. You just, it, it really, I think it requires the next level of planning in order to have an effective coaching conversation online. Um, you, you know, it can easily be done. We're doing it now. But it, it does require that extra effort to uh, to plan and organize your um, your call and 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 the person and make sure they know what you're talking about. Planned and purposeful, very good ideas. Just like if we were into their office calendar when we were at work, be that respectful to them. Good. Anybody else with other ideas? Uh, just the the whole idea of what David was mentioning. I, I think in these, it's a it's again my my point is always to focus on that person. 
David Webster would say to follow their interest and their priority. Yep. So as we check in, given all the uncertainty, say what would be important for us to discuss today about your business, about your interaction with your people, about an issue you're facing. And I'm 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 moving in my in my own thinking from this idea of of social distancing to thinking we are physically distanced, but we need to be more socially connected these days. Yes. And I'm find, trying to find any way to do that to be socially available responsive, intentional with the people that I talk to. Mm, as always, Roger, beautiful. Okay, John, any insights here? Yeah, sure. As uh, I'll give two here. The first one is, you know, I think that, that coaching has such an important part to play in all, all aspects of leadership. And that here's an opportunity while people are at home that they can learn more about coaching and learn more about the style of coaching in, the, in their leadership. And so let me make a plug for a book that I've found that's just in that, uh, indispensable for me. The book is by a leader in the coaching field called named Miles Downey. It's called Effective Modern Coaching. And this would be one that I would just really recommend that any of the listeners, if they want to adopt a coaching style, they read this and then put the formulas that are in there. Uh, how I tie that in then, so my second point, is that I would say that for anybody going into a coaching conversation, there's a, like, imagine the piano as far as there's the low keys and the high keys. Let me, let me make the connection that directive coaching, that is you bring the agenda, that can play the low notes, and that the indirective coaching, that's the high notes. And ideally, the best music has low and high and all of it. Well, we approach coaching the same sort of way, and that's what I would advocate, is that sometimes I need to bring the conversation, and sometimes I just need to ask, you know, what's, what do you want to talk about today? And over the course of the, the time that we have together, I'll be helping to bring some of the ideas and the th initiatives I need to move forward, but I'll also be helping you think through these troubled times and and how your organization or you as a leader might show up and what you need to do next. Hmm, John, great points. Directive and non-directive, and there's a time for each. Love the piano analogy. Laura, anything else you want to add? Um, I was just thinking, actually, it reminds me a lot of distance education and uh, any online courses that you would take, and just to be mindful of, of the goal at the end. Yeah, of, of each conversation or each training or each. Very good. Okay. Um, I really appreciate everybody's time today. Uh, your insights have been invaluable. I'll close with uh, Roger's thought there that to become, we're supposed to be physically distant and socially available. Really appreciate the time. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, wasn't that great to have those RLG years? We figured out that there was almost 100 years of experience of people that have worked remotely on the podcast to share with you today, particularly some of you that are just starting that journey. So hopefully that was valuable. Uh, also noted that uh, there must be a lot of usage on the internet these days. Everyone's at home. So there's a little bit of bandwidth and connectivity issue, particularly with John's side, but hope you can bear with us. There was a lot of nuggets shared there. So some final thoughts. Working remotely can be incredibly productive, but you have to acknowledge the key differences and have strategies to mitigate and improve. How are you going to manage to having less communication, less collaboration, and different kind of distractions. We've heard from the RLG team today how we've done it with almost 100 years experience in doing it. A couple of summary points. Develop your office as a productivity zone or the P zone. Clear your office space, set up your office so that you're ready and your mind is clear. Use technology tools to your advantage. John mentioned several of them, you know more. Remember to keep connecting with others calls, video chats, etc. Start, start your week and your day with a clear written plan with clear intentions. 
and not forgetting to check in with the individuals personally and to remember your positive start of the day habits and rituals. And as Roger said, physical distancing, socially remote connecting. Action idea for today, develop your own plan to be more productive and connected while working remotely. Hopefully you've heard some great ideas that's going to help your personal plan. This has been another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast with Rick Hyland with RLG International. As I mentioned earlier, please subscribe and comment on this podcast. Your feedback is invaluable. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with me today. Until next time, live a life of sustainable, continuous improvement. Goodbye.